It's not getting it, getting it. So, welcome everybody out there in podcast land. The Good Times with Good People Company proudly presents the Law Party Podcast, where it is always about good times, good people, and good talk. Good. Now that you've received your invitation, join us. Grab a cocktail, light a cigar, or whatever you like to smoke. Tell a friend, and welcome to the party. Uh, I'm your host and moderator, Rio, and let me introduce today's panel. Uh, today we got a smaller panel than normal. We got some people out of town. We got some... Uh, other people doing other things that are uh, apparently very clandestine, uh, and uh, and uh, the anonymous female uh, uh, will be uh, running late today. But we do have our returning champion, Chris O'Connor, a co-owner of Liquid Nine Broadcast Media, and Ben Roberts, the Pendergast Club's resident bartender extraordinaire. Uh, so Ben was looking looking something up uh, before we get started with the show and uh, and so I'll even wait to give you what the actual title of the episode is and all that because I want to hear what uh, what Ben has found well I was <clears throat> came across another one of uh, the Trump administration's senior advisors an aide named Stephen Miller um and apparently he, while at Duke, while at Duke University, uh, did some work with a guy named Richard Spencer. And Richard <coughs> Spencer um, is really big in the scene with a group called the uh, National Policy Institute, MPI, which Wikipedia claims is a white supremacist organization. Um, now, I'm looking at their... Uh, website, which is mpiamerica.org, and it says MPI is an independent organization dedicated to the heritage, identity, and future of people of European descent in the United States and around the world. Oh, well, that is a white supremacist. Oh, wow. Yeah, 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 they, yeah, they, yeah, they just came right, ahead, right <laughs> on out. They yeah. didn't even pretend. <laughs> um, and so the media, it, I guess, at some point in time, so, so what Steve Miller actually did was, while at uh, Duke University in his undergrad getting a degree in political science, helped uh, fund help fundraise and organize an immigration debate in 2007 with Richard B. Spencer, who was one of the uh, leaders of the National Policy Institute, and it was reported that he was mentored by Richard B. Spencer, but Stephen Miller said in retort that he had no relationship with Richard B. Spencer at the time, and then later went back and said it, it was a very, uh, it, it was overstated. Yeah. And, you know, with the, uh, rise of Steve Bannon and the like in this uh, administration, I think it's important that we note that we have yet another yeah. senior advisor who has yeah, some kind of ties to another person in the white supremacist community. Yeah. And just, I just think it's interesting that, uh, you know, every time we talk about the Trump administration, uh, the other side is continually telling us to wait and see yeah. You know, stop being so critical. Yet I just don't understand how they how they can ask us to do so when we when we see people like this. Yeah. So do we know what his specific role is? Does it just say he's a special counselor or advisor? Yeah. Or is it um, is is that generic? There's nothing it's, he's it's, actually in charge of, no specialty. Yeah, it's, it's pretty generic from what I could see. Again, like I, I came across this last night while I was drinking old fashioned, so I yeah. didn't what get I- to, 
do as much research as I'd like. But um, what it seems like to me is uh, he's going to start going. So you know how you know Kellyanne Conway has really kind of become like the deflector in chief, and like he, I think from what it seems like anyway, he's about to be the uh, the arguer in chief. Like he was, I'm trying to remember what. Oh, he was on talking to uh, George Stephanopoulos on Sunday, and uh, and. Like he was, it was, it was, it was getting really. Bannon was uh, this Miller guy mm-hmm. was on, and it was getting really tense because, you know, it wasn't even deflecting. It was just like, basically saying, and and I don't think anybody, um, questions, uh, George Stephanopoulos's um, journalistic credibility, um, but. You know, but he, but he was basically just, you know, like he was avoiding any hard answers to any questions, you know, no matter what they were and, and very hostily, um, kind of responding. And it was, and I always love to see, uh, uh, George, uh, deal with hostile guests because, he doesn't really back down. He just he he finds another way to either ask the question or restate what mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. And so it was, but it was getting it was getting tense. I was like, I hadn't seen George get that kind of testy. I've seen some other reporters like lose their patience, but it's rare to see George loses loses patience with with a guest, and he mm-hmm. was he was losing his patience with that dude. So is. I wonder if it's the case, and this is, well, you never know. One, you never know if it's overstated or not. I don't know. The mm-hmm. fact that you have ties to a white supremacist group doesn't leave me super excited. Yeah. But I don't yeah. know what his relationship was with the guy and, and all those kinds of things. I have no idea. Well, there isn't but any I, reported relationship with the organization directly, Steve Miller. It's, 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 it's a relationship with a, a, with a guy who major was in, member in the organization. Yeah, so still that, in and still active. And I guess that was my point. It's like, you know, at what point do you become responsible for the people that you may have hung around when you were younger and dumber and all that kind mm-hmm. of stuff who are stupid? Like, I mean, like... If you knew somebody wasn't about racist and just hated white people, oh yeah, but also it all could have other kinds of good qualities. Yeah, 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 yeah. They might have been a good guy, except for this shitty things they do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Except for this thing. I always wonder, like, could I actually hang around somebody like that, or would that just be like too big of a thing? Because it'd be, yeah. it would definitely be a topic that we would never be able to. Yeah, well, it, which is, which is what I was just thinking. I'm like. You know, like I say, I got some 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 fairly militant friends, and that's just topics we just can't talk about, right? You know, because because they will become an argument, they will become right. a divisive issue, and they don't need to be. Um, and you know, unless somebody says something like stupid and blatant, sure. And I'm like, okay, look, you know, but but you know, yes, I I don't know if we. I don't know if we can hold people accountable for everybody you've ever spent any amount of time with in your life. Right. But I do really I do really agree with, you know, look at your five closest people around you. Mm-hmm. 
Sure. You know, and because that's who you are, whether you think you are or not. And, and uh, people, people overlooked a lot of Obama's connections, and they were—he had some fairly dubious connections coming out of Chicago. That yeah. weren't, that weren't. I mean, I have some dubious connections coming out of Chicago. Everybody does. That's Chicago. I've been saying that's Chicago, right? Chicago, you're yeah, not in Chicago. Yeah, exactly. But you know, it's it's, and this is not a—I don't even believe a racial thing. I think he got grilled as much as he possibly could on those things, and I I get alarmed by just the sheer number of. Uh, if you want to call them coincidences, coincidences that are going on with the people that he's picking for his current cabinet. Um, and there's a very yeah. consistent theme at this point, yeah, which is exactly. we really like white dudes. That's who we kind of want to let in the country. Otherwise, we're going to make it really hard and make it extreme vetting, which doesn't even yeah. mean anything. Yeah. That was the best part of Saturday Night Live, if you saw that. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. No, I missed. I missed the. Uh, I missed Saturday Night Live this weekend. God, it was great. Yeah, about McCarthy again and Steve Spencer talking about uh, <laughs> what uh, extreme vetting. <laughs> yeah. Oh funny. my God. It yeah, was it's funny. funny. If you haven't seen it, watch it on the Hayless. It's really good. Yeah. Hey, it's funny. All right. So before we get any further, uh, actually today's. Topic episode forty five is uh, excuse me, what's your return policy? Uh, retail dumps trumps, um, and uh, as we always do, I want to start with uh, with an RIP, and of course that is for the uh, jazz legend Al Jarreau. Um, I know a lot of people out there probably don't know who Al Jarreau is, but I definitely grew up hearing hearing a fair amount of Al Jarreau music uh, around the house and uh, on the radio in Chicago and. Uh, so, um, that's just a voice I know very well. And, uh, and, and I think he passed yesterday morning. And it's so slightly lesser known just because he came along towards the tail end of the highlight of the jazz years. Exactly. Exactly. And, it's and still I think. a phenomenal talent. And I think most people don't know, uh, the jazz vocalists the same way that they know, um, like the jazz instrumentalists, mm-hmm. and uh, I think it depends on the era. Yeah, I yeah, this is true. Got, you know, this is true. certainly people know Louis Armstrong and again, yeah, 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 Fitzgerald and those kinds of people. You could even make an argument for the white jazz stylings of like a Frank Sinatra or something. Oh, yeah, like absolutely. Uh, Tommy Dorsey and those kinds of guys, but yeah, you're right. Then it hit the era of. Miles Davis, yeah, and, and those exactly. guys, and it was all about, yeah, all about, yeah. And so, yeah, yeah, so the the later jazz Charles vocalists, Parker. yeah, the later jazz vocalists just didn't get uh, the they they got a lot of respect in the industry, in the industry, but not as much public notoriety right. as uh, as their uh, instrumental counterparts. Uh, so I was looking, and uh, okay, so. We were kind of talking before the show started, and we were talking about how um, kind of, I guess, coincidental, to say the least, uh, all of these uh, businesses and services that are backing away from uh, selling Trump products. Or, mm-hmm. um, and so I just kind of want to run down a list of the ones that we know have backed away, and then Uh, And then we can kind of discuss it. So, um, even though he was going to be 
on Trump's economic advisory board, uh, the uh, CEO of Google stepped back and pulled Uber's support uh, of Trump. Wow. Um, Nordstrom, uh, we know, um, pulled Ivanka's uh, Ivanka's line. Um, Macy's uh, pulled. Neiman Marcus pulled. Uh, HSN, Home Shopping Network, mm-hmm. um, they pulled. Um, what is that? Uh, shoes.com, because she does have a shoe line. Uh, they pulled. Uh, Belk, which I think is another. Um, they do shoes and handbags. And I think it's uh, like a subscription type service. Mm-hmm. Um, they pulled. Uh, Wayfair, another, uh, I think, if I'm not mistaken, they, they actually have stores, but they also have, but I think it was primarily online, yeah, and, uh, they pulled the, uh, Trump home products, because that's basically what they do, um, uh, uh, Bellacore, which also did uh, home products, mm. uh, they pulled, and wait a minute, uh, Sears and Kmart pulled. <laughs> I'm just like, it's just like a mass exodus. Uh, TJ Maxx and Marshalls, um, they didn't completely pull, but they uh, decided that they weren't going to do any prime placement. For uh, for half ass, yeah, yeah. So well, I guess with Mac, TJ Maxx and Marshalls, um, I don't think they're planning on reordering uh, any of any of the stuff. But instead of like just dumping what they have, mm-hmm. um, they pulled all the prime prime placement and just <coughs> integrated it into well, the already a second hand kind of anyway. Like, exactly. Um, let me see. I want to make sure that that was it. Cause I, th- I thought there was one more, but that might be oh Jet, um, which uh, is a basically an online service. Um, they pulled. Do, do, do. It was just there was so many at once. I was just like, wait a minute. Uh, Shop style uh, and guilt. Um, Gill pulled, yeah. Wow, so I was just like, time. I'm like, yeah, I'm just going going through the list, just like good gravy. Like, um, I know when Nordstrom pulled, uh, what they were saying was that uh, Ivanka's stuff just wasn't selling that well mm-hmm. anyway. Um, so I guess my question and thought is. <laughs> One, uh, what do we think about all these retailers pulling? And two, uh, how many of these do we think are protest? And how many probably just weren't selling that well anyway? Well, um, is, is Nordstrom's official position that they that that's why they're pulling a the product? Is yeah, that's why they said they publicly said it. She yeah, that's she was in moving inventory. Okay, well then I'm. Totally okay with that, um, but do do I do I think that uh, some of these companies are doing it in protest? I would say probably. Don't you think? I would say if you think of Nordstrom's average shopper, do you really think that they're Democratic or Republican for the most part? 
I think they have a lot of very wealthy Republicans. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so that is an interesting thing to me. That one, that one strikes me as weird. Some of the higher end retailers. Yeah, the higher end retailers were the ones that kind of struck me. Like on uh, on Ivanka stuff. Yeah, 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 right. Today. And I also think this this goes back to that. look. Listen, she's an adult. She's not like you know a presidential kid. But at the same time. She didn't do anything wrong. Her dad ran for president and won. Congratulations. She's an accomplished businesswoman in her own right who's now bearing the brunt of uh, people who hate her dad. I don't care if you want to get rid of his stupid tie line and all that. <laughs> right, right, right. All he really does is license his name out on this stuff. And truly, the more we I've been thinking about since we've been sitting here, all you're honestly doing is hurting manufacturers and other businesses who make these lines and, and most likely putting people out of work, to be perfectly honest. Yeah. Uh, and I don't like that. Now, I'm all in favor. Everybody has the right to free speech. You can carry whatever you want in your stores, and that's great. Congratulations to you. Um, I still think a lot of these stores are going to have a major backlash and uh, protest against them, and a lot of people will stop shopping at their, at their stores and maybe... Maybe on the flip side, maybe more Democrats will start going, hey, you know, I should go over there well, because I they got rid of their... Definitely did stuff. notice on social media that there were a lot of people, uh, yeah, that were protesting the store specifically for carrying those products. And, you know, I, I don't necessarily agree with that. You know, I, I don't think that... I, I, like you said, it's this is Ivanka. It's not her father's product, so why... She seems to be pretty cool, to be perfectly honest. Yeah, I don't have... I personally don't have a problem with her, um, so... But there, you know, there are a lot of people who, I guess, you know, by association with the names, you know, said, "Hey, we're not going to shop at these stores until they get rid of Ivanka products." And maybe some of these stores ran like their demographics or whatever was like, "Yeah, we're going to lose money if we don't if we don't dump this stuff." It's not maybe it wasn't maybe it was selling a little bit, but it wasn't selling that great anyway. So they just thought they just ran the numbers and were like, "Yep, this is the right move," because these are big companies and they're. They're thinking about money at the end of the day, so that this is probably a financial decision for the most part. I think even if her line wasn't moving, they run the risk of making it look like a political protest, yeah. which I think most people don't give a shit what... So, here's one. I'll throw out a different analogy on this. What about when Hobby Lobby sued because they're very much a Christian organization mm-hmm. and a private organization and didn't want to offer birth control as part of the insurance package? When Obama claimed that your insurance would not change, and it clearly did, yeah. uh, and that became a requirement, all of a sudden they were denied the right yeah. to uh, put in their own policies, but these guys can do whatever they want uh, as far as what they want to do. I don't know. I know a lot of people have stopped going to Hobby Lobby when that happened, and mm-hmm. I, I was chief amongst them. I'll never go back to Hobby Lobby again. Yeah. One, I didn't know they were so oddly religious, but I don't shop there very often, but... Right. Dude, if I, yeah. need, if I need crafts, I'm going to go to my <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> I mean, I'll go anywhere else but there now because I think they're a bunch yeah. of tables. Yeah, I think I, when I found out that they weren't open on Sundays, I was like, are they a religious company? Because, I mean, that's usually the only reason you're not open on a Sunday. And, and how much uh, did Chick-fil-A get killed? I yeah. mean, Chick-fil-A got, not part of the term, they got grilled, you know, when they, <laughs> yeah. when, they uh, them, when they came out and were homophobic as a company. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they had to do some damage control there. They're doing fine now. Um, I mean, they bounced back, sure. Yeah, but at but the time, they took a real hit. Yeah, there were a lot of people who were like, nope. I still will never, never, ever in my life eat a Chick-fil-A because of that. Mm-hmm. I don't like, even have too many, too many good gay dudes that I really like and then women, you know, yeah. who, uh, mm-hmm. 
to judge somebody for their lifestyle and put in a corporate policy, yeah, private or public, I just think it's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you like I say, if the if the situ- if the as far as I'm concerned, it, I think yes, they run the risk of uh, of kind of you know as many shoppers were protesting they won't shop there because you are selling. I think you run the risk of uh, just as many saying, I won't shop there because you pulled their products. Right. Mm-hmm. But um, if the if at the end of the day, protest or not, if if it was a sound business decision, you know, who are we just you know, who are we to say if they were sound business decisions? All right, but let's be honest, they all came out of Watson and said it's a it's not a sound business decision. <laughs> well, and that's the reason why I say it. Yeah, mm-hmm. like yeah. I don't know if if the first couple did it and then they were like, Well, mm-hmm. let's see let's see if we're actually even moving this stuff anyway. You know, or mm-hmm. if the, the first couple did it and they were like, Yeah, that's how we could show them, you know. Yeah, maybe like, not. I mean I I, I would I'm going to err on the side of the fact that I think these are a lot of political decisions that are being made, and that's... I don't have a problem with it, but I do find it ironic that uh, Democrats hate it when companies and super PACs and these large groups get involved in politics, but they're okay with it when it's on their side. Yeah. You know, and I find that to be just a little hypocritical. I honestly don't give a shit what Macy's thinks about politics. I can care less. Yeah, and to yeah, tell you the truth, so I actually don't, don't want out. Macy's to think much about politics. Oh, yeah. I want you to sell sell me that Sean John sweater. Macy's, that's what that's what I want. Macy's basically needs to try to stay in business right now. I mean, they're not killing it. Yeah. So I'm like, you know, uh, speaking of which, uh, Macy's, uh, if you're out there and you're listening to this podcast, and I'm sure you are because this podcast is fabulous, but listen. <laughs> Um, when you came into uh, the Chicago market strong, um, as a matter of fact, when you came into just about every market strong, you did something that I've never agreed with, um, and I can't see how it actually made you any money. So every market just about had uh, one strong department store retailer. Commercial fields. That, yeah. So... Um, but you moved them out, put your names on those buildings, and uh, and uh, and all those stores became Macy's. And I just don't understand why Macy's Corp couldn't have, ran, you know, ran the business, but left that city or whatever city it was with the store that they knew and loved. In particularly in Chicago, Marshall Fields, um, because Marshall Fields was not some Podunk uh, retailer. I mean, people came in from all over the world on some tourist shit just just to go to Marshall Field. Yeah, yeah, like like that was a name that like would have just been. Yeah, I thought would have been proud to pull into the the Macy's family of businesses Mm -hmm. versus turning every store into a Macy's, which makes no store special, which. To me, decreases sales overall. You know, you you you're like all all ships may be floating, but they're floating on a lower tide. You know, mm-hmm. to me. I also think it, it denies you. And again, there are clearly people smarter than me. You know, uh, running these companies. So I don't know. I view it as a consumer as uh, 
Yeah, you have the same crap and everything. You just denied a city one of their most cultural icons, which was Marshall Field Store. Yeah. It was amazing. Uh, and beyond that, you la- now lack the aver- ability to diversify and do kind of specialized lines. It's, which is kind of what and I was Marshall thinking. Marshall meant high-end. Yeah. Macy's man. does not mean high-end. No. Macy's is is the every consumer. You know, it's it's a step above JC Penney's and C. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. and where, like you say, whereas you know, um, Marshall Fields. Yeah, Marshall Fields was was the, was, was the high end. Yeah, like, yeah. I mean, as a matter of fact, I remember years ago when I was working retail. Um, you know, they would do the customer service rankings every year, mm-hmm. um, and uh, Marshall Fields and Nordstrom kind of volleyed back and forth for number one in customer service. And 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 now that's just not an option, you know. And uh and like I say, I, I I always thought that certain cities had brands that could only help the Macy's profile. But they chose to make every store Macy's. Yeah. And and to tell you the truth, in Chicago I actually was okay with the vast majority of the stores becoming Macy's, not especially flagship, but not the flagship store, not One Eleven North State Street. Nope. That that should have stayed. That just if not if for nothing but uh, historical basis. What a yeah. to the city. Yeah, it, that should have stayed Marshall Field. But you know, um, would be a good example of somebody who did a thought. A fairly good job acquiring other businesses. Let people That's like if Halls here in Kansas City uh-huh. became Macy's. Sure, mm-hmm. like ridiculous. It would be so ridiculous. The quality would drop through the floor because yeah. Macy's couldn't yeah. carry sure. half of the stuff that Halls carries. Halls, yeah. Okay. But take Sears on the other hand, where they would buy up a lot of different companies. Yeah. For example, they had Discover Card for a long time. They mm-hmm. had a really insurance company. Oh yeah, that was oh. a serious product. Uh, then they would well, they buy L.L. Bean. Yeah. They bought a bunch of different things and let let them kind of operate on their own. Didn't want to lose the appeal of the brand. Right. But it all fed into one centralized Sears distribution center, yeah. which made it more efficient. And I get that, but they got the benefit of both things, I thought, for a very long time. Yeah. And the only reason I think they ever started to suffer was just the general decline in malls themselves. Exactly. Now, exactly. So. Mm-hmm. exactly. So that's a good point, though. Yeah, yeah. So you know, out there in podcast land, I don't, uh, I don't know if it was right or wrong to uh, dump in any of the Trump's lines um, for. Well, if it was a purely political move, I don't think that was right. You know, I don't but if they do it to Donald, I just don't like it doing it to to kids. Yeah, you know, yeah. like what the hell did she do? Yeah, yeah. The presidential kid. Well, I will say this. Um, I mean, she's fairly active, I guess. Yeah, I will. Say, I will say this. Uh, you know, she she did say that she was you know not going to have an active role in the administration. I think what, the problem that we're seeing is that we're not necessarily seeing that she's not going to be active yet because there's been one or two times already that probably his wife should have gone with him to something that he, that he took a vodka and, 
So I think this I could don't just. Know that she she was vocal in any particular. I thought she was very vocal on the trail, and I thought. Well, I don't think she, I don't think she's been vocal since he's taken office. And I think she pushed him in a lot of different directions that were to his benefit. Like she was a very strong woman rights supporter came out and did a, did a lot of work to make sure that that was part of the campaign platform and things along those lines. Because he clearly had a problem with that. But <laughs> she, she legitimately has been a very strong... I want to put her up with Sheryl Sandberg, but I put her somewhere in that neck of the woods of she's really worked hard to kind of advance women's rights and get yeah. more women in business at, at higher levels at of higher corporations levels, yeah. and things along those lines. And I do respect the fact that like she is an extremely religious uh, orthodox Jew because of her husband. And, yeah. You know, converted and lives by it very strictly. Um, and I respect her for a lot of those things. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I just, I don't feel like she deserved it. But yeah. I do feel like, dude, if you want to yank Donald Trump's crap off the shelf. Well, he should yeah, be. He shouldn't okay. have any dealings in private business as it is, right? Being the president of the United States. Well, he does. So what? What essentially happens is you're supposed to put your assets into a blind trust, yeah. so he can continue the licensing deals he already had. Because really, it's just people licensing his name. He's not sitting there making furniture by any stretch. Right. It's just furniture makers license his name to be able to sell it, and all okay. that is held through a blind trust. In theory, a blind trust, but then he put his family in charge of the blind the, trust. Of the blind trust. So that's, that's the problem. So, okay. so, so, which kind of nullifies what a blind trust is in the first place, yeah, right? Because you're right. <laughs> you know, about to say because you've got American Psycho one and two. And he's like, we're, we're just going to talk about it at dinner. We will bring it up. Really? I'm like, yeah, really? yeah, right. <laughs> You yeah, know, right. question of, hey, how's the blind trust doing? Is yeah. it ever popping up? <laughs> so, uh, so with all the companies dumping uh, Trump stuff at the beginning, uh, so at the beginning, which violates so many ethical rules, it's crazy. Uh, the president tweets. Uh, you know, Nordstrom's treating his daughter so unfairly, you know, sad, you know, and, uh, right. and, uh, and, but, which in itself violates some ethical rules, which we won't even go into. But then, uh, the double down of sending, uh, Kellyanne Conway on the talk show circuit, and, uh, and then she's not only wasting, public time defending it because you shouldn't have any not only shouldn't he have anything to do with his business you shouldn't be out there you know punditing for things happening in his family's business yeah you're actually saying i'm gonna give you a free commercial for for ivanka's stuff which yeah does come across as an offhanded comment but it's but it's an offhanded comment that ethically you aren't supposed to be able to make. I'll stick up front on this in that I do not think it violated ethics rules in this sense. Uh, if you honestly believe that the moves were political moves that were being made, uh, then I think you have every right to say, okay, on a political level, I wish you people would be in these stores or don't go to these stores, you know, right. for, for this reason. If she just got on there and said, 
hey, I think you should buy Ivanka Trump shoes just because they're cool. Yeah, yeah. I mean, because basically it was like remotely what she said. Yeah, she was like, "I'm being treated. She's being treated unfairly." And her her stuff and her stuff is great. Um, You know, I own a lot of it. You should go buy. In fact, I'm gonna do a free commercial. Her stuff is great. Go buy it. And I was like, "Whoa, whoa, wait a minute!" (laughs) Like, like I, I don't feel like the spirit of the comment violated the ethical rules only because I felt like it was a political comment against people who were politically protesting against them versus QBC right, you right, know, right. and hawking goods, you know, just because she's on Meet the Press. I, I felt like the spirit of it was entirely different. And and, and I can see where you're coming from. Right? I, I mean, like, you don't think Kellyanne Conway was taking a cut of Ivanka's profits for getting up and speaking for her? Yeah, what the, right. what the hell does she care if Ivanka really sells shoes? I think she really was... Getting a slightly outraged, and some people are outraged that the list and the large list of right, the large you just read are dropping his stuff, and I would have to assume, yeah, a fair, very fair number of them are based on political reasons, and I don't think it's completely unfair to say, hey, no, let's fight back a little bit. Let's protest these stores, or let's go, you know, buy inventory, or whatever the case is. Show these people that they're wrong. Right, 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 yeah. right, right. And, and that doesn't bother me. Now, if the spirit of it was, hey, my income's dropping, so go, <laughs> so so go hot my shoes. Press, and yeah, now that's something different. Yeah, but I, I don't think that was the case. Yeah, and, and 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 I actually do tend to agree with you. I like I say, I I'm still. Uh, for me, the jury is still out of whether or not ethically she should have been mentioned in it at all. But I, in hearing how it came up, I don't think that she meant to do a commercial. She was asked a question about all these companies dropping the, the Trump product line. Right, right. Yeah, she was asked a question. For political reasons. Yeah, and, well, and I guess I, I guess my... My concern is where was she supposed to cut off yeah, her response? Yeah, draw that line, yeah. Yeah, where was she supposed to cut off her response? Was it, you know what, I think politically if you're persecuting her business for political reasons, I don't think that's cool. Do yeah, it. Exactly. I think that's where my, my, I have the problem is that she went the next step in saying no. Her products are great. You should go out and buy them. I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. That's a step further than I think you should have went with yeah, that. that. That's a very fair point. Yeah. And, and I think that may have, in my mind, barely crossed the line, but I, it could have. I can see why people think that it did cross the line. Yeah. yeah. I don't think it was intended in the way that yeah, it I don't think Yeah, I don't think it was intended, intended that way, but like I say, it's just, you know, what I'm, what I'm finding. Yeah, she's a smart girl. Yeah, it's like what I'm finding with the Trumps in general is uh, is uh, <laughs> they they may not know where the line is. Yeah, you know, it's like it, it like Trump and and his cabinet people and his pundits and like I don't think they actually know where the line is. So I think this like this is which we kind of talked about a couple podcasts ago. Like I don't think. Going in and quote unquote draining the swamp and then placing a complete round table of people who don't know anything about how government works, how policy works, uh, 
is helpful uh, <laughs> just purely because you're going to make these kind of mistakes. Sure. You know, and uh, if, yeah, anyway. Um, so, uh, let's move. move. It's a funny point, though, and just to put a bow on that, everybody wants people who are non-politicians to be in politics until they fuck up real bad and realize that you actually have to know something about politics to be a politician. To be a politician. Yeah, and this is why whenever people make the argument, they're an outsider, da da da, they're gonna come in and change it. No, they're not. They're gonna get screwed by the system. <laughs> the yeah. system's been around forever, and you would end up shoot up, yeah. Spit out. Jimmy Carter, how that went down. Oh yeah, and it would not go well. What they say? What's that old saying? They say, they, uh, say you, you don't change the devil, the devil changes you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's just yeah. what it is. Uh, okay, so let's move forward. Um, what is it? The next thing? You know what? I think I don't think I printed that out. But I'm sure everybody here has something uh, to uh, add about it. Uh, so uh, Elizabeth Warren, um, it, when she was trying to, she was trying to read a letter that uh, Coretta Scott King wrote about Jeff Sessions, um, and she wasn't allowed to read it. Mm-hmm. Um, because it violated, or so uh, Mitch McConnell says, it violated a rule that um, Senate colleagues can't disparage each other. Yeah, they they can't dis- disparage each other on the floor. But is that, is that really so, a rule? No, it's actually it is a rule. It's a technical rule. Yeah, it's, it's yes. violated constantly. Yeah, God. exactly. So. That's why he always jumps in my esteemed colleague from North Carolina. Yeah, yeah, He's yeah, a complete yeah. moron. Yeah, right, right, <laughs> right, 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 yeah, right. To distinguish gentlemen from, yeah, you know. Uh, I, but what bothered me wasn't, because if that's the rule, that's the rule. But two things bothered me, actually. One, um, she wasn't reading her words. She was reading the words of the wife of probably the greatest American we've ever produced. Hmm. And two, after she was shut down, like eight other guys read the damn letter anyway. Yeah. So so that that is what struck me even more than the rule, which I just thought was just just a stupid rule, mm-hmm. but uh, <laughs> but I was like, so um, you know that kind of blatant piece of sexism, yeah, uh, was uh, w- was kind of really outstanding to me because I'm thinking if that's the case, you know, and you're not allowed to do that, not allowed to disparage on the floor, da da da. How how were they allowed to read the letter? You know, and uh, or you know, so and I want to throw out that I do not think this was a sexist thing. To be perfectly honest, I think everybody knows that she is the leading Democratic candidate for president in the next election. Uh, I think that has far more to do with uh, shutting somebody down and not wanting her to have a brilliant moment. Yes, uh, in public. Then saying, oh, well, we're going to shut down a woman because she's the woman and reading it. Uh, now, I also feel very strongly that 
to ever disparage credit Scott King in any way, shape, or form, you're a complete moron. <laughs> exactly. And, I mean, I had the pleasure of meeting her. She was delightful. She did our high school graduation speech. Mm. Oh, wow. And, uh, That's awesome. yeah, Pizza was in Wichita at the time, and they flew her in. Uh, to give the commencement speech at uh, my high school, and she spent a lot of time with us, and was one of the most amazing women that I've ever met in my life. And just look at her <laughs> life, and you would know <coughs> that as a fact, right? Um, so you're picking a fight with somebody you do not want to pick, pick a, a fight, fight with. with right. Period. You will never win that argument. But I, I don't know that it was a sexist thing. I think it was literally denying. The leading Democrat, the most public Democrat, the one who's going to probably beat your ass in the next four years. Uh, yes. I'm moving in the sun. Yes. I, I, and I can go with that. I can go with that. I, I don't think it's right, but I think you're completely But wrong. I think your reasoning well, and no, no, is probably correct. Right. And on top of wrong, just strategically a terrible move. Oh, no? Yeah. yeah. I mean, my God. So, yeah, I'm like, oh, who could have lost to Ashley Judd, for God's sakes? <laughs> yeah. I'm like, no, you should probably learn to let some of this slide because yeah. A, you look kind of racist and B, very misogynistic. Yeah, right. You know, whether whether you meant it that way or not, right. that's exactly how you look, though. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, so yeah, it I did think. did not come across as a shining moment. <laughs> no, no, it did not. In fact,. <laughs> I think you handed her a present. And the way he did it was so argumentative and just ridiculous. And, and it seemed, you want to talk about not disparaging people on, on the floor. On the floor. Right. And all of a sudden it seemed like he really attacked her with a fair amount of vitriol, I thought. Yeah, yeah. And again, a lot of times as a guy, maybe I misperceived the amount of vitriol that's really there when you're attacking a woman. But it, but it but felt... It just seemed, It felt a little extra. It really did. Yeah. It felt strong. Yeah. I'm like, you do not have to do that. This is nonsense. Yeah, this is probably a bad look for you, Mitch. Yeah, which which actually got me to thinking, you know, which, which I already believe. Um, so, all of the... Uh, gains in the past... Uh, three to four elections uh, that the Republicans have uh, seen, I'm wondering uh, how quickly that's going to dissipate. Because you're going to get a ton of seats coming up in the next uh, two years uh, for Congress. And then two years after that, it's the Senate and the presidency again. And I'm wondering... Uh, how quickly that balance of power will teeter right back over. It will not shift in the next two years because the vast majority of the seats that are up for re-election are Democratic seats. So I do not think you'll see an enormous shift in the makeup of uh, Congress. And that's the disadvantage. You think they'll hold on to the seats they have, but it won't tip back over? Uh, it will not tip back over for sure, particularly in the House because uh, or in the Senate, I mean, because the vast majority of people up for re-election are, are all Democrats. Yeah. So that's bad. Obviously, everybody, everybody in the House has turned every two years. That's just based on your district. Mm-hmm. Um, and to be perfectly fair, 
the Republicans have absolutely slaughtered them at a state level. Yeah. You know, and that's an infinitely bigger problem. Yeah, it really is a much this larger is, this problem. This is what Democrats doing. They need to get their act together. Yeah, this is a much larger problem for the Democrats. I really do believe that, uh, you know, well, you know, in, in, in a lot of ways I am proud of um, the, you know, the... I I wouldn't necessarily even say liberal for like, but for lack of a better word, the liberal side of the fence, um, because I I thought when the um, when the Tea Party was um, doing all of the massive protesting and going after every seat physically possible, um, I thought that um, if the if the Democrats could get this fired up. Um, we could probably see some amazing sweeping changes. Uh, but it didn't seem like it was ever going to happen. So, in some weird ways, I feel like, you know, I feel like a Trump presidency is a gift to the left. Because it, 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 was, it was a shot of adrenaline. Because I, I, I think people really thought, um, and, and God bless them, that, you know, we, we've got to the point where we've got a black president now, and we're really moving in the right direction, and... And but they were ignoring all of the the low level grumblings, and they were thinking that all of the Tea Party people were kooks. And but as they may have been kooks, they were also taking every seat available. Yeah, very energetic kooks. kooks. Yeah, very. Yeah. yeah. So I'll throw out that there's a plenty of number of kooks on the Democratic side. They just yeah. They tend to be single. And this is why I don't know that the Democratic Party can ever unite in one truly solid way, particularly at a state and local level, mm-hmm. is they seem to be very much single-issue candidates. You're either so, um, you know, pro-abortion, that's one group that you got, you're an environmentalist, you're a global warming person, you're... This right, 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 right. None of them ever seem to really get organized on what they all think, mm-hmm. and so and they don't, strangely, like... Republicans don't want to think the same thing too, but but they the fall vast, in line. The vast majority of energetic voters are these weird. In the primaries, are these weird evangelicals who make sure that their candidate gets through, uh, and not the one-offs like the Bernie Sanders, who yeah. was very much a kind of a one-trick pony dude who got young people involved who never vote, but right. who gives a crap. All right, uh, and you know the rest of them just don't get together. It, it, it would be the same thing as if, like, really, if every minority group in this country got together and said, let's all become one powerful voting bloc, well, you would destroy the Republican Party in a second. 
Like, nobody can agree on what the, all the issues are. What all are. the issues are. You know, and so a lot of them disagree. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's, it becomes a very divided group. Yeah, the Republicans yeah. are only divided about one thing. You have religious Republicans and you have financial, financial Republicans. Financial Republicans. And that's the split. Yeah, and that really is the Republican split. Yeah, where and and I do agree that on the other side of the fence, you know that that pie of issues is much larger, and uh, and uh, yeah, and they do have to find a way to unify those issues so that uh, we we don't have the kind of. Um, you know, fracturing of, of of the party message that um, that has that has been what the I think the Democrats' problem has been. It's it, there's so many I won't even say special interests, but so many interests. It's ridiculous that you know <laughs> that you 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 you're not going to find one candidate that's you know, you know, pro everything every liberal wants, and and, and if you yeah. do, they're insincere. So this, is, <laughs> this is a stupid example. It's an old one, but it's a to me it identifies the problem that Democrats have had for years. So, uh, and it's not even particularly a great example, but it does remind me of it. So I remember I was a huge Ryan fan growing up. 1991, they cleaned up the Video Music Awards for Out of Time, Lisa Mary Religion was on it. They won like nine awards. Right. And Michael said, who I loved very much, he was like a, just an idol to me growing up, had on like nine different political message t-shirts and he was... Oh, taking one off. Taking one off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What are you not in favor of? I do do remember that. This is so ridiculous. You just... Throwing out all these stupid slogans that everybody thinks are just, you know, uh, that not everybody agrees with, but I, I get it. You know, I don't care if everybody agrees or not. It just got to the point where you believe in so many things that none of them carry any weight anymore, and it got annoying. Yeah. You know, instead of being cool. And I'm like, this is just getting out of hand. It's just getting stupid. So. Yeah, you pick pick one or two issues and, and be passionate and really, about it. And really be passionate about it and ride with those. Yeah, it, that that is something that 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 the liberal side of the fence definitely needs to figure out what their two true, maybe even three true hot buttons are. You know, and and and, 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 and problems. They have some other real problems with, uh, I think, finances in particular. Because uh, it's very easy to attract a young kid who's not making any money when you're promising them free shit and. You know, they're all in favor of abortion, all that kind of stuff, until they hit 35 and all of a sudden they want a kid and, you know, and uh, they're making some money for the first time and looking at the taxes that they're paying, you know, where the hell is this going? Exactly. You, know, you run into some real, it's, mm-hmm. I mean, it's the old saying that if you're young and not a Democrat, then you don't have a heart, and if you're old and not a Republican, you don't have a brain. Like, it, it's always been that saying. Yeah. yeah. You know, at some point, you're, your ideology switches as your life switches. Yeah. And they're going to run into that problem. I think that there are now more independents than there have ever been, probably. I think so, too. Yeah. I think the independent party, I mean, I'm independent. Me, too. And uh, I always was split ticket because I want nothing to get done. And I've said that a million times. <laughs> <laughs> I really don't want anybody to win. 
I want, <laughs> I want forced compromise. Yeah. Every time. That is good government to me is forced compromise. So. Yeah, like this, the, you two go in the room, do what you got to do, duke it out, I don't care, mm-hmm. but come to a decision that's beneficial for everybody. We've thrown out the example of Bob Dylan took a thousand times, but it's, oh, yes. a, but it's a classic true. historical example of let's find a way that we both win exactly. either one of us lose face and we can go on and we and can go have some of the best legislature uh, this country's ever seen absolutely. absolutely yeah I think the unfortunate reality now is that we have a lot of that going on except it's for the benefit of the legislators instead of the people <laughs> well and I think to a degree some of that's always been the case but now you have so many people paying attention and records are absolutely twisted like they throw on writer after writer after writer so mm-hmm. let's say you had a bill about farming well all of a sudden you get some asshole who throws in I also want a bridge in Alaska which has nothing to do with farming and mm-hmm. I'd also like it if you gave money to the gun lobby over here and yada so you vote against the bill because you don't want all these writers to go through yeah. but then they go oh you don't like farmers Yeah. you hate farmers right. so you right. completely voted against you in farming so. <coughs> yeah. which well uh, which, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, which we, uh, we've been joined by the anonymous female, so I didn't want to ask her a question, and then you were like, wait a minute, when did she get here? Um, <laughs> am, am, am I wrong that they passed, or I thought they passed something that they weren't supposed to be able to add, to, like, tack on stuff to bills? Yeah. With the person they did the that during sections. Obama, yeah. They were, the earmarks and all of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I was like, I thought I that they passed that they weren't supposed to be able to add earmarks to They build. eventually got to a point, and I believe it did pass and become a law where you could do a line item veto. But that is something that people have pushed for for years, and Congress kept denying, to be honest, because they love the earmarks. Yeah. So, well, you know, what, which is which. Your district if you can't sneak it into an important bill. <laughs> well, you know, which is, I think the, the, the bad, the good thing about. Being able to uh, earmark bills was that that was the vehicle in which a lot of compromise got done. Right. The bad part of being able to earmark a bill is, you know, bills get bloated with a bunch of shit. Yeah, (laughs) just a lot of crap got done. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, right. A lot of things got done, but also a lot of crap got done. Asked Ted, what's his face from Alaska where that bridge went to? Went to the middle of nowhere and stopped. That's one of the most classic examples in American history of just tacking shit onto a bill. Yeah, yeah absolutely. So. Absolutely. I'll give you a local example. Uh, I always find this fascinating. So when they very first passed the streetcar under Clay Chastain's bill, uh, what was this, 10 years ago at this point probably? Mm-hmm. Uh, nobody actually read the bill. They thought it was just to build a streetcar. But really... When you started looking at the bill, they were going to shut down Broadway, which is clearly a major thoroughfare. Right. And you need to station at 31st Street and build gondolas. And so I to take you up it and all these other stupid things that were in there that everybody voted for because they literally thought it was just a just, streetcar. Just a streetcar. nobody read the bill. Wow. So, and it was just sheer nonsense. So, just dumb. Uh, so the reason that uh, we, we started all this conversation talking about Elizabeth Warren not being able to read Coretta Scott King's letter, and the reason that she wanted to read uh, the letter was um, hoping to block the confirmation of 
of Jeff Sessions. So, um, so let's, very nice. Uh, I wanted to uh, talk about Jeff Sessions for a minute. Uh, so, um, so when Trump announced the nomination for uh, Sessions for Attorney General, um, one of the first things that happened was uh, a tweet of support uh, from David Duke. Yeah. Um, and of course, David Duke uh, is the uh, head of the Klan, and uh, and uh, who has thrown support toward Trump on more than one occasion. And Trump has, of course, uh, claimed to know nothing about him, but has never denounced uh, his support. Um. Uh, yeah, I'll get back to that. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead. It's sort of just a side uh, note. I guess it came out um, recently. Somebody found a blurb in the New York Times from 1927 where uh, Trump's father was arrested but not charged at a Klan rally in the Jamaica Jamaica sector of New York City. In Jamaica, Queens? Big shock. Yeah. It is hilarious. Yeah, there was a huge Klan rally in, in Jamaica, Queens, and I think seven or eight people got arrested, in which the only one not to actually get charged was Mr. Trump. And uh, you can you can go look it up, do the Googles. Yeah. It's there. Um, so, yeah, it's interesting that a guy who uh, has a father who who has alleged ties to the Klan and doesn't know anything about David Duke. Yeah. But that's conjecture, of course. So, anyway. Yeah. So in eighty, 80- they have do they have pictures? Do they have proof? Uh, no, but they have a couple articles where he's named and uh, an address was given, and it's proven that it was his address, mm-hmm. literally his address. Uh, wow. So it, he was he was there, and he was arrested. Right. Uh, we he wasn't charged with anything, so we can't say he what he was arrested what for. What he was arrested for? And there's right. no pictures of him in like a robe. Right. right somebody right. said or. There was somebody who claimed that he did. I was just talking about how uh, Donald Trump's father was arrested at a Klan rally in 1927 in Jamaica, Queens. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, and he wasn't crazy. he wasn't charged with anything. He was he was let go. Um, but uh, there were seven or eight people who got arrested. They all got charged. He did not. But they did list his address in the article in 1927, and they were able to prove that it was in fact him, and he was there, and he was arrested. Oh wow. Yeah. Well, thank God he got arrested. Yeah. I mean, it was something. You know. Right. Uh, but yeah, we're we're getting into the the Jeff Sessions yeah. talk. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Maybe tell me I got a glass right here. Uh, so in '86, uh, uh, Reagan uh, nominated Sessions uh, to be a federal judge, which was going to be. Um, a lifetime appointment, and uh, and he was uh, uh, at that time, as Trump would say, uh, extremely vetted and uh, <laughs> and found to be um, uh, uh, quite racist, have clan had clan ties, and uh, so 
he was eventually uh, shut down, which of course led to you know the 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 letter that Coretta Scott King wrote then, sure. um, uh, saying who uh, Mr. Sessions uh, was and what his ideology was, and uh, so now uh, with the Republicans having control of the House and the Senate, um, he's. He's put forth for uh, uh, attorney general and uh, and confirmed. So did they confirm well, him? Oh, he's confirmed. In, in yeah. extension, I mean, they did the same thing where they didn't show up and do all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Are you sure he was confirmed? Oh yeah. This yeah. Uh, was it today? Because um, as of this morning, he hadn't been confirmed. Um, no, I thought he was. Maybe, 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 uh, maybe I, maybe I misread. But I thought, I thought they that said he they had... were still trying to confirm him. Uh, we, well, we shall or maybe see. Maybe I heard that wrong. It's yeah. possible. Yeah, I've been known to be I, wrong. I guess the, I guess of course, uh, so many things concern me about Jeff Sessions. Uh, um, so you have. A known racist, known Klan ties, uh, now in charge of the Department of Government that would have any legal say over uh, any cases that that come to uh, come to the government uh, that have anything to do with race <laughs> and uh yeah just to say the least that is uh troubling you know i um you know i am i'm a big believer that you know people grow people change but um there's no evidence that uh that uh jeff sessions has done much changing in his thought or ideology uh, over these years. He maybe has uh, become less vocal um, because everybody has. I mean, Strom Thurmond was, you know, he was known for saying the N-word on the, on the floor <laughs> and, he, and, he, and he was still, his, he was still well, on his seat. Let's so. not forget so that. So it that looks that like Robert he was Burton confirmed. Was. Robert Byrd led the Ku Klux Klan for a long time. Yeah. And he was a lifelong Democrat and died in office in his 90s. You know, but yeah. you don't hear a lot of outrage about Robert Byrd. You hear it when about, you know, with David Duke, who I think is a giant asshole, or Jeff Sessions, who I think is a giant asshole, and Sean Turner clearly proved himself to be an asshole. Yeah. Mm-hmm. J was a clear asshole. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so was Robert Byrd. I mean, it's... It's not a party thing. I just get nervous that, again, the collective... Yes. Uh, with, with the, again, this is a where there's smoke, there's going to be a fire kind yeah. of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And everybody you're putting up has some sort of weird, questionable race. <laughs> yeah. Some sort. Like, yeah, that's what, that's that's what makes... You know, it's, it's, you know, it's funny, like on the last podcast, um, you know, I was showing some of the... Uh, protest signs against Obama and I think everybody was uh, who had not seen uh, some of that stuff was you know, shocked and um, 
a little uh, yeah shocked and a little outraged that you know that that was even um, allowed Um, and so now and Ian you just hope those people got the living shit beat out of them yeah you hope somebody snapped a photo and then they got the living crap beat out of them right afterwards I don't know yeah and that would be my first inclination yeah even if I was at a Republican rally if somebody's carrying a sign like that yeah dude A inappropriate and B you're a complete motherfucker yeah, like you should. <laughs> He's in a complete you. motherfucker, <laughs> as opposed to a, a partial motherfucker. <laughs> now, when you're holding a sign like the signs that you're showing us, like, yeah, that qualifies as complete. Yeah, no, I fully and totally agree. You know, and I think, like you said, it's it's if one or two people maybe have some questionable something in their past, but, you know, everybody you're putting forward, um, uh, is, is, has some, at least toward race, some toward race and sex, um, uh, have, have a questionable at best past, um, that does not, uh, bode well, uh, to, use as delicate language as I can uh, for you know what with, for what our, our country is is facing for the next uh, four years which really does bring me back to everybody that is you know saying you know just just give him a chance see what he does you know it's I think under most circumstances, you know, I know that there was a lot of people who weren't racist that did not like Obama because they did not like the policies he was going to put in place, but they were willing to give him a chance. But, you know, the people that he was surrounding himself from the cabinet, I mean, they, you know, they, they were, you know, uh, highly qualified, learned people, you know, some of the departments that were particularly uh, science-based, you know, he's got you know Nobel laureate, you know, uh, you know people, uh, you know, on the cabinet to tackle these tough issues. But what what we're finding is with the Trump administration is you're just you're getting uh, people with huge racist pasts or uh, just massive donors <laughs> that... Uh, and I would even throw this, it's hard under the bus of circumstances to put a cabinet together, period. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I think, if anything, this makes me somewhat appreciate slightly more uh, what George W. Bush did. Yeah. Like, he yeah. really did have a ton of smart, qualified, educated uh, people around him of various ethnicities, genders, yeah, absolutely. everything. And I think that's why over time maybe he, he may grow in stature a little bit as a president. I don't know. That time will tell that. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, they always but, say history will tell. And I yeah, think it's already... Truman, everybody hated Truman. And, and then all of a sudden he became he's on everybody's top ten list of presidents. So, And I'm not saying George Bush will ever end up on that list. <laughs> but I would say that he was also being advised by some of the smartest people 
with an ideology that you know was well informed and and they thought I truly believe thought they were probably trying to do the right thing and just had a different ideology. I think Trump doesn't have an ideology. I think his ideology is himself and whatever he's feeling at the moment. And once a lot of people around him, it will just go, yeah, that's a great idea. You know, and I don't want to screw with you at all. And, you know, and that's about it. Because he flips on his friends just as fast as he flips on, flips on anything else. Anything else. Like, it's crazy. Yeah, I just think it's disturbing, you know, that you have a president who's who has said, ver, you know, verbatim that he gets the vast majority of his news from, you know... Uh, you know, right-wing publications and and uh, right-wing uh, cable news. So I'm going to assume that probably Obama's watching a lot of MSNBC and reading the New York Times. Yeah, no, I mean, I you know, I'm not going to. Yeah, and I'm not, and I and, 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 and I don't, I don't Trump's think that's not true. Wall Street Journal and Fox News. Uh, and yeah, stuff, but so. what I, but I think what does bother me about it is. You know, there are things that, you know, you know, come out on the ultra-conservative, <coughs> excuse me, ultra-conservative cable news, and then, you know, a few hours later, maybe a day later, he, he tweets something almost verbatim. Yeah. Versus, um, you know, maybe, you know, Obama, who would watch, like, say, MSNBC or CNN or whatever, and... But then still have his room full of very smart people yeah. uh, discuss the issue, and they try to put forward something measured. But uh, it's the one thing I do wonder about, uh, very largely, because I don't know that Obama didn't have different thoughts than what he said. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure as soon as you hear about a situation, you immediately have a reaction. But he was a measured enough person and I believe respected the office enough to go no I'm not going to say anything I'm going to wait discuss he's a constitutional lawyer exactly uh, thought it through although he had more executive orders overturned than any other president in history I still believe he knew what the hell he was doing constitutionally and and push maybe push the limits but he knew what the limits were and trying to get some stuff through and I don't blame him some of the stuff needed to get through I just don't think that Trump has the the temperament or the ideology or honestly the intelligence to, to do that, mm-hmm. which is what you require in a leader. You can't just be reactive all the time. And even, I mean, even the George Bush's credit again, I'm not a Bush defender by any means, but 9-11 happened and people make fun of him from sitting there and reading the book. Really, he's like, I need to know the facts before I can do anything. Right, like, right, right. We need to know really what the hell's going on. You know, and get the facts together and let me know, and then let's figure out what we're going to do. Let's figure out our game plan. Mm-hmm. They didn't just flip out, you know. Whereas I think Trump would have flipped out and just started sending nukes and bombs and on people that had nothing to do yeah. with it. Yeah, like, we got seven countries that we really hate. Yeah. Which the bizarre thing is, those were the seven countries that Obama identified. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, as the worst countries. Yeah, uh, and primarily because they don't have centralized governments, they're just in mass chaos. There's nobody you can negotiate with or bargain with. Yeah, uh, and they're completely disorganized. So I don't even have a necessary problem. I didn't have a huge problem with the travel ban, although I thought it was awkward that 
he did come out then and say, but we really will let Christians in probably. That was idiotic. Wait, but if you wait. actually read the, the executive order, there's nothing about religion in there, and they were the seven countries that Obama did identify, uh, and that was not his doing. Um, but I think he used it as an excuse to... To, to put his put his policy. Exactly. And again, it was a 90 day moratorium on it, so it wasn't like you could well, never come in the country. Rudy Giuliani went on TV and told uh, his interviewer that Donald was asking Rudy how to do a Muslim ban legally, essentially. Sure. Oh, yeah. I, I totally believe that. Yeah. But I think it's different than what the executive order said. Yeah. And while I'm not happy. I, I'm exceptionally happy to see the travel ban lifted and not being enforced. Like, of course, I, I, everybody knows I don't even believe in borders. Period. I just think they're stupid. Yeah, I think it's an arbitrary river that just divides two pieces of the land, and we call it a country. And we go, hey, it's crazy. Yeah, but uh, so I just don't like the idea of borders. Period. But I do think, again, if you're the Ninth Circuit and the most liberal court in the United States, uh, they did not technically go by the law they inserted their own feelings into it and they do all the time judges do constantly yeah. and I truly believe if it was petitioned the Supreme Court would probably pass only because if on the letter of the law and the way the bill was written and they were very careful about how they write these bills yeah. uh, and that asshole Chris Kobach from Kansas one of the biggest ones who writes a shit ton of these bills yeah. and he should you want to talk about the sign of Obama being hung up by a tree, that's a dude I'd love to see swinging from a tree at any point that he wants to be swinging. He has done more harm to minorities in this country than anybody else in illegal immigrants and has actively tried to prevent people from voting, tries to kick people out of the country constantly. Like He is, yeah. in my mind, one of the worst racists that you will ever stumble upon and has the ability to write laws yes. to try to get them enforced, and I think it's disgusting. But... On the letter of the law, which is what a federal judge is supposed to interpret, right? Uh, they probably made a ruling that would be overturned. Yeah, and yeah, that's yeah, the shit. yeah. Well, I that's think the shit. yeah, there is a legal way around it. Yeah, There's well, always I think, a legal way around it. Yeah, I think the, I think the problem had had they not put that one caveat that. Uh, Christians would get preferential treatment. Not in the bill. He just said it. No, I know. But I get what I'm saying. But had that not even been put out there in the, in the, in the ether, that, you know, I don't think they would have had uh, any legal standing to to block it. They still didn't have But because, well, I think... Well, they were questioning... Um, they were questioning the government's people... The judges were, and they couldn't answer the questions. They didn't have. I thought it was poor. And even executed. they said, "Oh yeah, this I, you know, I can't answer that, you know, or I can't, you know, however they said it." But it was, and sure. because he, being Trump, dumbass that he is, decided to tweet about it 
They've got all of that. I mean, that's all that's, things that people can use in court. It's not no, that is not admissible in the court. What you have to do is you have to rule on the executive order as it is written because that's what becomes a lie. You can't rule on the tweet. You can't rule. They on can rule you, the intent behind it. That you can absolutely cannot. That's what they did, judge. though. I know that. I know that that's what exactly what they did, and that's my problem with with federal judges because this is when you start to have a very activist court. Uh, but it was two. It was two Democrats and two Republicans. There was three judges and one. It was which, four. There was one of which was Republican. Mm -hmm. was two Republicans and. It was a three nothing vote. And they had another Republican judge look at it. I understand. There were two Republicans that and two judge Democrats. That did not get a vote. It was a three. It was a three to nothing vote, and one Republican who was appointed by Bush. And we're gonna look up. So if I'm wrong, then I'm wrong. But there was. I know the Republican. The only Republican judge was appointed by Bush. And that I think when you start when you start reinterpreting the law in your role as a judge, that's dangerous. You might not like a law, mm -hmm. but when it is legally written, then I think then you take the argument to the next step. You know, and I, I do believe the way that it is written would be passed because there was not a religious clause in there. He was just stupid enough to tweet about it later, and that's not admissible in in the court. Yeah, yeah, I think the. I th yeah, I think I think Trump himself did himself the dis disservice that by obviously. saying that he was going to do a Muslim ban, and the first thing you do is ban seven countries that are majority Muslim. That he picked from Obama's list of seven. Countries. Yeah, and I'm not saying that Obama didn't put that list together, which is how he felt that he had a legal standing. The executive order deals with the fact that they don't have central governments that you can actually verify these people with uh, that are trying to come in. So that but I think I think the other problem comes to... Uh, and I'm not defending the ban. Yeah, no, no, no. I no. want everybody to come into America. Yeah. I love it here. It's great. Yeah, I don't. I think the other problem is what you, what you were saying is that uh, when asking, uh, you know, the people in Trump's administration to explain it, they couldn't. Ex they they couldn't explain it beyond. They don't. They honestly don't need to. The executive order is written as it's written. It's, it's law. There was nothing that violated. Any sort of intent clause uh, that has been precedent for years. If you want to write that into the law, it's going to get booted in a second. They were exceptionally careful about how they wrote that law. Yeah. I think uh, I don't think that they're as confident as you think they are because they've already started talking about just what, writing a new one. What, and that's because they have one judge in Massachusetts who did uphold the law. Yeah. And one in San Francisco who uh, denied the law. And so this is a question of do you really want to force this issue? And is this the right time to do it? And, or is there just another easier way around it? Uh, and let's see what the path of least resistance is. Yeah. Mm -hmm. which, I, which I think will wind up being they'll write another one. Sure. You know, they'll write it. They'll, they'll, they'll write but it'll be struck down by the ninth, the ninth. The Ninth Circuit is always known for... Yeah, being exceptionally activist and being hyper liberal—that's what they are. Yeah. You know, so um, to my mind, a lot of good things have come from that, and a lot of yeah. a lot of overstepping of what are the traditional legal jobs that you have have also come out of it. You know, so there's there's two ways to see it. It's a both. It's a good. It's a good thing the ban is not in place. I'm all in favor of that. 
I am absolutely not in favor of activist judges who just put their own feelings and opinions into what a law is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know... That's like the Warren Court in the, in the 60s and 70s. Yeah, it was, I, uh, great things came out of it, yeah. but it was an absolute violation of the Constitution. Yeah, the way I, that they were so activist. Yeah, I, uh, I always... I, I, I fight with that one purely because... Um, you know, if you were going back to, uh, the, like, civil rights days, you know, legally, a lot of the horrific shit that was happening was legal. Up until the point that there was a constitutional amendment. Yeah, no, that, yes. not legal at all. Yeah, and I guess that's, I guess that's what I'm saying, it's... It's I, I oft I struggle with right and legal because there's a lot of stuff that's legal. Like it is in a lot of in a lot of states, and and I remember tripping over this a couple of years ago. But in a lot of states, they have um, uh, they have uh, a vagrant law that's sure. still on the bill, uh, still on the rolls for a lot of states. And basically it's the it says if you if you're walking the streets and you don't have at least one dollar in your pocket, you're a vagrant and they can take you to jail. Um now nobody <laughs> nobody actually does anything with that law. But somebody could. But somebody could because it's actually it would be immediately overturned. Yeah. Because there's there's no not necessarily. It depends on who it it is and what judge you get. It actually was overturned on the plaza actually, where they tried to ban panhandlers and a lawyer did pro bono work to get it overturned so now you can beg on street corners again. So um, uh, it really you have to have some sort of constitutional basis. And again, I I think of it as being a defense lawyer. I come from a family of lawyers. Right. Uh, my brother once got assigned a case, and again, you know I hate personal stories, but one he once got assigned to defend a stepfather that he knew was raping a daughter. Mm. But the system is in place so that everybody gets the best possible defense that they can get. Yeah. He has to do it because it was pro bono yeah. where you lose your license. Right, right. And so whether or not you like the job in its entirety or not, you have to live by the rule of what the job is because the system is the system. When you become an activist judge and start setting law, that's actually a violation of of what our Constitution is all about. So yes, sometimes you have to let shitty things through in order that something better will happen or you protect somebody who's innocent from uh, really getting screwed. Yeah, and I definitely have seen cases where you you knew that the judge did not want to rule that way but sure. legally they had to and they said so like like this is horrible I hate doing this but legally I have to and I would agree with that yeah. if they had done that I would yeah. have said I encourage you to appeal this to the Supreme Court I wish you would take your case further the spirit of the law violates what we feel is in the constitution but legally we don't have a legal standing to overturn the ban hmm. Uh, let's let's take it forward to the next step. Huh? So, last but not least, uh, at least of what I had on my list, uh, uh, National Security Advisor Michael Flynn um, 
discussed U.S. sanctions against Russia with Russia's with Russia's ambassador um, before uh, the election, and then lied to Pence about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, so the the whole. You know, we have no ties. We have no ties to Russia. We've had no communications with Russia. Um, you know, I guess. I guess my question is, what, if anything, at at this point, uh, happens now that we find out that that wasn't entirely true? Nothing. People lie all the time, unless you're lying under oath. It's really not a criminal act. Uh, do I think it's disgraceful? Absolutely. Um, I am by no means a Mike Pence fan by any stretch of the imagination. He does strike me as the one person mm. I have seen in this entire administration that actually cares about uh, the institutions themselves. Yes. Uh, and seems to have a healthy respect for government, whether or not I agree with him. He, he reminds me of a George Bush book. I disagree with you so much ideologically, right. but I will respect the fact that you uh, adhere to the administrations that, and institutions that we have, right? Uh, and and work within those. So I think he probably Pence. I'm sure was pissed. Yeah, out of his yeah, mind. yeah, yeah. And um, Pence is going to be the swing guy in this administration if anybody is, because he was chosen specifically. To work with a Republican Congress who really does not like Trump at all. Trump. And without Pence, Trump is done. He's just done. You know? Yeah, I mean, because he does need. He wants, but he's not going to get a single dime for any one of them. Yeah, because he definitely needs that one person that actually knows how this thing works. How the system works. Yeah. This is why you don't kick out everybody who knows about government and start all over. Yeah. Because we have a government for a reason with rules, and they've been around for, what, 300 years now? <laughs> you but that's more? the thing that nobody seems to like anymore. Uh, I think people enjoy change for change's sake sometimes because they don't understand how the machination really works. But the machination of actual government prevents so many bad things from happening. I mean, horrendously bad things from happening. And sometimes, it works the reverse rate. It takes too long to move to prevent bad things. Again, and I would argue civil rights being a great example, like the fact that it took an additional 100 years yeah. from the end of the Civil War to where you can vote and buy a house, I find absolutely on the face of it absurd when we had already fought three wars at that point. Yeah. Not four, if you want to include Korea. Mm-hmm. And uh, people were dying for their country on the promise that they were going to be accepted as citizens and rewarded for their uh, loyalty to the country. Exactly. And it did not happen. So there are times where it moves too slowly. Yeah. But at the same time, the slowness is there for a reason. Yeah. And it's to try to prevent just really idiotic, rash things from happening. Well, you know, I always, I always look at uh, the the American government as uh, as a ship, you know, as a cruise liner. You know, I think most people want uh, 
the the ship to uh, maneuver like uh, you know, like a cigarette boat. Sure. Like they wanted they wanted to maneuver uh, quickly and agilely, and uh, but it maneuvers like a cruise liner. It 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 takes uh, a lot of time and effort to stop the boat. It takes time and effort to turn the boat, and uh, and you gotta remember uh, with a cruise liner, you've got you know a couple hundred passengers that uh, even if you were able to turn the boat very quickly, uh, you're gonna knock everybody onto the floor oh. trying to jerk the boat uh, in, a, in another direction. Pissed. Yeah, a hundred will be pissed and a hundred will be happy. Yeah, I mean, you know, I mean that's just the way mean, the country works. And like, yes, we did jerk the boat. It was to avoid that iceberg, but and and uh, like I say, and a hundred of them are going to be very happy we avoided the iceberg, and there's going to be a hundred of them that got injured. They got injured in the fall. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be a hundred of them that got injured in the fall, and they're going to be super pissed that they didn't have pre warning. <laughs> that to lash themselves to something. Was it a black iceberg or a white iceberg? <laughs> yeah, 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 really. That, 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 that sometimes that is the very, <laughs> the very question. Uh, was that black ice? Is that iceberg going to die or not? I just need to know really fast. <laughs> Jeez. I mean, it's just dumb. You can't, you cannot get the idiocy out of the country. What you can do is slowly and generationally change minds to the point where there is a such a popular mass that it becomes inevitable. Yeah. And that is when all the best changes in this country have come through. My humble opinion. Actually, I think that actually might be uh, as good a place as any yeah. to, uh, to, uh, to, to stop today. And, uh, and, uh, and in closing uh, today's podcast, I'm going to close with the uh, toast that started it all for me. And I want to thank everybody out there in podcast land for listening. And to good times with good people. <laughs>